everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi, guys, and welcome to another new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am the host of this podcast. If you're new, I am a licensed therapist who lives and works in Nashville. I have a practice called Three Chords Therapy. I started this podcast to help give some information and normalize therapy and just start conversations that are meaningful and conversations that I wish that we just were having more often. I just wanted to normalize therapy. And so with that, I'll say that this is not therapy in itself and it's not a substitute for therapy and I can't give therapy to anybody over a podcast, um, but it is a nice way to talk about things that I wish were more normalized in our culture. So that's why I started this podcast. Now, today I am excited and I, I might have a little anxiety about this episode. I think I have anxiety about most things in life, but this episode is dedicated to talking about sobriety. Um, and I mean the sense of just not drinking just because it's a choice that you've made because you wanted to and not in the sense of typical addiction, alcoholic sense. What we're really going to be talking about today is like this idea of gray area drinking where you might not meet the criteria yet for alcoholism, or substance abuse, substance use disorder, or any of that, but it is something that doesn't add value to your life and might take value away from your life. And so you decide not to do it. And now I want to say before we get into this, I am somebody who I do drink on occasion. And so I think that what I want you guys to hear is that I'm not telling people that you shouldn't drink because I do that and I don't think it's wrong or bad or unhealthy for everybody. But there are a lot of people out there who do drink despite the fact that it it does take away a layer of living their most true, happy, healthy lives. And so that's what this conversation is really going to be about today. Um, it's not to convince you guys that drinking is bad. It's not to convince you guys that drinking is good. It's just to kind of give you another experience of somebody who has decided that 
they don't want to drink anymore after living a life of that being a very normal thing for them. And I also want to say being an addict or being, if you want to classify it as an alcoholic or if you have substance use disorder, it doesn't make you bad if that is the case. Like not at all. Please go listen to my whole episode on addiction because that is not how I view any of that. Now I have my friend Savannah on today and she is somebody who has recently chosen to not drink anymore. This is a decision that she made on her own and she talks about why she made the decision. So I'm not going to like give any of that away before she comes in and, and you get to hear her. I will say like this is a decision she made for right now. And we were talking after we recorded about like, well, did you want to say anything about the fact that like this might change and you don't want to be held to this decision that you made to your life for your life now for the rest of your life? And and she said, you know, I do have a fear of like maybe I might slip up tomorrow or in two years I might go back to it or something like that. Um, and she's somebody who doesn't consider herself an alcoholic. She just decided that she doesn't want to drink right now again because you'll hear why. She doesn't think that the term alcoholic or addict in that sense fits with her right now. But we did talk about the whole idea that she might change her mind in the future and this is this is a decision she's making right now for her because it's what's best for her right now and so I do want you guys to think of as you're listening think about that too of like when we stop doing something because we want to evaluate or think about what it's adding or taking away from our lives we get to do that for right now I think a lot of the reason we don't do things or we do do things because we think of everything in like infinity these finite ideas and we're allowed to make decisions that are best for us today and so if you're listening to this episode and you start thinking like, oh, I want to check that out. But like, what happens if I change my mind? That's okay. You're doing what is best for you today. We make decisions based on what is best for us today and and the world moves and changes and we're allowed to move with it. What we're going to be talking about today, again, is this idea of gray area drinking. And so I did want to talk about that for a second before we cue in Savannah. And gray area drinking is this idea that it's like you don't fit into those categories but it's like you also don't not fit into them. And it's kind of like that idea where like you can have a glass of wine, but then maybe that glass of wine turns into three glasses of wine. And then maybe you didn't intend to drink that much, but now you had the full bottle of wine, but like you still wake up for work the next day and you still were able to cook dinner for your family and you still were able to meet all your deadlines, but also like you can't really control the amount of alcohol you're drinking or you end up always drinking more than you intended or you wake up a little bit hungover, but you're still able to take care of everything you need to take care of. Um, It's this idea that like, it's not all good, but it's not all bad. You don't have 15 DUIs, but like maybe you drove your car after having a couple glasses of wine and you probably shouldn't have. Gray area drinking is a little messy because it allows us to make excuses. And I think one of the issues is in our culture, binge drinking and just like drinking till you black out and all that stuff is so normalized. And so we're comparing ourselves to each other and we're like, well, so-and-so does it and all these people do it. I mean, think about college. Like it's very normal to just binge drink four nights out of the week. And it's like, well, everybody's doing it. So is it a problem if everybody's doing it? Um, Or like, I'm just like everybody else. And it's like, wait a second, but everybody else around you, if we look at the criteria for substance use disorder, probably is like one criteria away from meeting it. And like, that maybe isn't the life that we want to be living out of. And so I did want to like, just talk about that and define what that really means before we get into this. And I want you guys to go into this conversation really, really introspectively. If anything that is said, 
said, if it hits you and if you maybe like you agree with or you resonate with, I really want you to ask yourself like a little bit more about that and like, why does it resonate with you? And I say that because there's a lot of reasons that someone might want to just quit drinking, even though they're not quote unquote, an alcoholic or an addict. And And that might be because they don't like how they feel during or maybe even after or before they know they're going to drink. It might be because they suffer from anxiety. It might be because any mental health issue because you're taking a mood altering substance and that doesn't always mix if you have to take medications or something. And so there's plenty of reasons. This is not, that's not, that was three reasons. That's not all encompassing reasons, but there's plenty of reasons that people might not want to drink without having an issue with it, like substance use disorder wise. And then there's also a lot of reasons why people don't stop drinking because of those reasons I just mentioned. And we talk about that because there's a lot of like FOMO and societal judgment and pressure and you don't want to be different and you want to fit in and you want to make friends and you are somebody who suffers with addiction and that's actually something that you convince yourself that you don't have a problem. And so there's so many reasons that people want to quit and then the reasons that they don't quit that counteract that. And, and so really what I'm getting at in a very long winded way is that this is a conversation for anybody. This is a conversation for somebody who doesn't think they have any issues with alcohol at all. This is a conversation for somebody who does think they have issues. This is a conversation for somebody whose family or friends have issues. We talk a lot about the ideas around codependency um, float around in this conversation, which we talked about that last week. And this is just a conversation to really dig into and think about. And you can even say this at the end, but substitute any behavior for what we're talking about is drinking. Substitute any behavior in there and see if something comes up for you. The point of this podcast is really, like I said, to get people thinking about and having conversations that they don't usually have and to help us get to that most true version of ourselves. And we get to that most true version of ourselves by peeling away the layers that life has taught us to put on to fit in or belong or find love or find find belonging. And so this is just a conversation of what it's like to kind of peel that back. And Savannah is somebody who is just like in it right now. She's very honest, very vulnerable. She's amazing and really kind of allowed herself to show up in this conversation. And so she's currently peeling back those layers and figuring that stuff out. And so this isn't a conversation of, of two people that have it all figured out. We're like might be very close to the same area of life you're in right now. And so all that to say, Thank you, Savannah, for having this conversation. Thank you, everybody, for listening to it. If you have any questions about it, feel free. Always reach out, Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. You can send in some questions. Maybe we'll answer them on Couch Talks. And I'm going to wrap it up so you can listen to the conversation. But I just really hope that this inspires you in some part of your life today. So without any more of me talking, here is my conversation with Savannah. What encouraged you or what prompted you to think I'm going to take a either a break from drinking mm-hmm. or I want to just like stop drinking for this period of mm-hmm. time in my life? So the short answer to that is... You can give us the long answer. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the short answer to that is health, but we don't... Is my health, but we don't want that. We want the longer cool. answer. So I guess I started to notice kind of different patterns in my life, especially this past year, I dealt started dealing with a lot more depression and anxiety than I ever have before in my adult life. And I started to realize that I was sort of reaching outside of myself for answers to those problems instead of letting myself really feel them. And alcohol was the number one 
thing. I've always had sort of an addictive personality with it, whether it be spending, buying things, working out. Uh, obviously, some of those are healthier than alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of just decided that I wanted to get to the root of why I'm reaching outside, trying to find ways to sort of band-aid this the way that I'm feeling. And for me, it kind of comes down to feeling like I'm not enough or feeling like I'm not worthy. And I feel like I started noticing my drinking ramping up in ways that it was no longer adding anything to my life, but I could see it starting to take away. And I've had family members that have dealt with addiction issues. And, you know, I'll have people question this decision that I'm making because you know, they'll say, well, you've never had a DUI or you've never been in the hospital or, you know, you haven't hit that rock bottom where that's where you usually hear someone's going to stop drinking because they've hit this huge rock bottom and that's Mm -hmm. what they have to do. Um, And so it's kind of like, I don't want to say abnormal, but it goes against the norm to just decide that I'm no longer going to be drinking. One, the the part where you're saying I've had these experiences with my physical health and Mm -hmm. maybe that's adding to it. We'll put that there for a second. But then we go to your mental health and I have I've been struggling with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And those are rooted. What I hear you saying is those two have been rooted. What I've decided and I've uncovered is that they're rooted in not feeling good enough or enough Mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. Right. And so how did alcohol play a role in masking that? Like, what was alcohol's role in helping you feel like you were enough? So I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people do that, especially in this in the society that we're in. It's almost like drinking to like mask your emotions or like drinking when you're sad is like this inside joke that society has like oh mommy drinks because you cry or Mm -hmm. you know girls night out because we're all upset with our my boyfriend broke up with me me. let's drink over it let's and it's like become this kind of joke that you want to be in on and it makes it seem like it's okay And maybe for some people it is. But for me, I just was realizing that this isn't working for me. I am the type of person that feels things. And I'm very Mm self-aware of my emotions. And I started to get this social anxiety also with going out, which I've never really had before. When did that start when you moved here? It maybe started when I moved here. Maybe after being in complete like quarantine for so long. It's like, oh, we're going out now. We're socializing. And I've always been such a social person. But I started to just have this like anxiety around going out and yes I just moved here from New York and it's like going out with new people what if I'm not enough what if they you know I need something to help with that anxiety and then it sort of led to I felt like going out I wasn't focused in on the actual company that I was with I wasn't focused on the people I was with I was focused on am I like drinking enough am I gonna make myself feel enough am I gonna get to that level that I need to be to be performing well for these people it really kind of like I had to kind of take a step back. Because what you're describing is this cycle in my head that I am playing out is I feel this like ick thing that not good enough, like something's off with me. Then I go out because it's like the thing to do. Right. And I have to drink to a level where I can feel like good enough or that that like fear of not being good enough kind of fades away into the darkness and I get to just show up. But then like you're not really even showing up as yourself. So you teach yourself that you aren't good enough. Exactly. And then you do it again. Exactly. Again. And, uh, you know, I have always said that like I'm the type of person because I'm not sober. I cannot drink if I'm sad. 
I'm right. sad. That's the last thing. I'm and I mean, do. nobody should be. You know, everybody. There's this thing around like, oh, there's alcoholics, and then there's people that can handle alcohol well. And it's like, of course, there are people that can go and have mm-hmm. one drink. But yeah, if you're sad, if you're dealing with stuff, and you down half a bottle of wine, that's gonna affect you. You're not meant to drink this, and everything is all of a sudden fine everything goes away yeah what people fail to realize a lot of times because alcohol is so accepted and i do want people to hear is like none of this is to tell people not to drink right absolutely you can make that decision i drink and so I, i do want people to hear that but it's like the intention and what you're doing with it because right. alcohol is a central nervous system depressant. So it's going to shut down part of your brain. And so right. if I'm really sad and feeling some feelings and then I shut down my brain, one, it's a depressant. So it's going to make me feel more depressed, essentially. I'm going to go back to the word that you used, intention. Mm-hmm. I think with everything in life, you have to know what your intention behind your actions are and if they're true or not, if you're being true to yourself mm-hmm. with your intention. And I just started to realize my intention behind drinking was Wasn't, was not yeah. good. It was no longer helpful to me. Yeah. And yeah. it's like I can look back over the course of 10 years and look at my relationship with alcohol. And of course, I had fun nights out. And of course, when I was in college, you know, mm-hmm. it, I could always justify it. And so mm-hmm. could the people around me because it was like, oh, you're in college. It's normal to be blackout on the weekend. It's Which like this, oh, it's that. Yeah. And it's like looking back, my relationship with alcohol was never normal. There was always something underlying mm-hmm. there. And it's like I just justified it with oh, well, the company that I keep. They're all everybody around me is drinking, too. Everybody is doing it. And it's like this total widely accepted thing i recently made the analogy that it's like you can have someone that smokes cigarettes you know for their whole life they don't wait until they or they shouldn't wait until they end up in the hospital with their lungs completely black to quit Mm -hmm. you know we know that smoking cigarettes is not healthy for you i now know that drinking alcohol is not healthy for me from a mental because your mental health is is just as important as your physical health and and you know you mentioned like the anxiety part too is when we do use a substance to numb out our emotions which essentially is what you're doing your right. emotion of like the shame or or sadness or pain whatever it is that you're feeling you numb it out well okay so it that it numbs it out and then the neck when that wears off oh, it's the still next there morning, but to a different level and then mm-hmm. that's where the anxiety comes in and and i think a lot of people get really confused while they'll like go out and have this really fun night right. with their friends and they wake up and they feel so anxious right and because it's a side effect of drinking, especially binge drinking, is anxiety. Right. And if you're already somebody who's prone to it, it's not going to help you. And so I love, love, love the part of you speaking on, I don't have to run my car into a ditch. Right. In order right. to realize or that I, I don't have to even ever have uh, drank and then drove my car to right. realize that I have a problem. Yeah. It doesn't fit for me. It's not right. working for me, even if the level to my drinking seems normal to you, because the level of normalcy and drinking is really off. <laughs> like, right. we live in really Nashville, off. which is a very party town. Yeah. And there's a lot of colleges here, too. And it's just a very, it's a, it's a fun town. I mean, town. the party barge drives by my apartment drive every by my hour office. on the hour. Yeah. And there's part of me that it's like, well, am I, you know, I have this fear of like, what if people think I'm a buzzkill now, you know, and it's just stupid. I've always been such a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and I've put, are you a two? A on two. Enneagram. Do you know what the Enneagram is? I 
I haven't taken it yet. I need to take it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do that later today because yeah, I've always, this is like the biggest probably learning experience I've let myself have is making this decision because I always put other people's opinions of me, of other things before my own opinion. And it's just this people pleasing thing that I have maybe because I grew up in the South as a woman. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, make sure that others around you are Comfortable. comfortable. And it's like, oh, if I'm not drinking, I'm going to make somebody else uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's funny because it's not funny. It's a coincidence <laughs> because the episode that came out this week, which will now be last week, was codependency, which codependency is all about. Like when we change our behavior and our priorities to make sure other people are okay. And like, right. I'm not okay unless you're okay. Right. And really like you can be totally fine and somebody else have all the anxiety in the world about you not drinking. That right. has actually nothing to do has with you. Has nothing to do with me. And everything to do with them. Because they're then questioning their own decisions and feeling threatened by your decision. And then that's time for them to figure Mm -hmm. out where that's coming from. Yeah. You know, my mom actually said something really interesting. She was like, you know, if you're going out with a group of friends and you're the first one at the restaurant and you order a club soda with lime and it's sitting there in front of you and everybody gets there, nobody's going to know the difference. Right. And then it, then it doesn't matter. You know, nobody's going to know. And then it's like, but like if they knew, would it make a difference? Right. If they knew, would it make a difference? I don't know, maybe to them, that kind of brings me into, you know, I didn't know how people were going to react when I told them this because I have my kind of tight group of girlfriends. We all grew up together and they've known me for 10 plus years and we went through high school together and went through, you know, all the party phase together Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And so, you know, they know me better than anyone. But I mean, the reaction I got, of course, there was a little pushback because it's almost like that reaction of, Mm -hmm your mom not like not wanting to think that there's something wrong Mm -hmm. not wanting me to think that there's something wrong with me and them you know trying to justify Mm -hmm. to me that no you don't have a problem you know well but after I explained to them you know this isn't me like giving myself this life sentence or me shaming Mm -hmm. myself and saying bad Savannah you know you've done all these things you can never drink again this is a a really really good thing Mm -hmm. and it's going to help me become more present for myself and hopefully more present and a better friend to my friends because I can it's like this kind of weight has been lifted Mm -hmm. like when alcohol is taken off the table that doesn't have to be on the forefront of my mind which is where it was ending up Mm -hmm. which is when I realized this isn't good well you know also that's that whole idea of your friends being like no you don't have a problem you don't have a problem is because we all compare our I'm doing okay based on like the balance of the What's people around else me. Doing? And so binge drinking is very accepted essentially, which as normal. Right. And so we look at each other and we're like, well, I, she did that. Right. Or she did that or he did that or I wasn't as bad as that person. Right. And so if you're saying this isn't working for me, they might be hearing something you're not saying. They exactly. might be hearing, well, if she thinks she has a problem, then that would mean I have a problem. I then don't want to admit that I have, that a, I have a problem. Or, or like right. I, she might not be, but I'm hearing that. Right. And I'm and now I'm saying that. Now I'm questioning that. And I don't want to question that. Right. I don't want to do the hard, scary work of looking at like, oh my gosh, there's a part of me that thinks I'm not good enough to right. be like myself. Right. And they know that is the most uncomfortable thing to sit Completely. in. Completely. And I don't want to feel that. So like, does that mean that that's true for me? And like, it creates a whole, so they just want to shut that down. Right. No, you're fine. Because when they say you're fine, they're saying, I'm, I'm fine. fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's this reassurance thing. So has that been the hardest part of 
just this whole journey is like what people's responses? I think so. Or just the fear of what people's response is going to be. And like I said, it's so, you know, you drink for everything, for birthdays, for weddings, for funerals, for celebrations, for all, it's everywhere. You know, some of my friends voice that, well, this can be very isolating, you know, if you decide to not drink. And I'm like, well, it's only isolating if I decide to isolate myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I still want to go out and enjoy my time Mm -hmm. with people and dress up and put on a fierce red lip and heels Mm -hmm. and can still be my fabulous self. Honestly, more so because I won't be stumbling around or look, you know, like I have red lipstick smeared all over my face at the end of the night. Yeah, I think the worry of what other people are going to think was maybe the biggest part of the hardest thing for me with because this. Because that's the whole issue in the first place. Because that's the whole issue in the first yeah. place. And that's what I'm trying to kind of throw out with myself mm-hmm. is stop worrying so damn much about what other people are doing or mm-hmm. thinking. And it's so hard to do in our society with, I'm such a, I kind of mentioned, you know, I love themes and I love, I used to throw like these parties and like the first thing that would come to my mind is like, oh, what, what, you know, theme cocktail am I going to make? Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I want to Instagram it and show everybody like how fun and cool I am with mm-hmm. my cute little themed cocktail. And it's like, well, what, who am I if I can't, if I don't have that? And actually my boyfriend brought this up. So Prince didn't drink and yeah. And he would throw these crazy lavish parties like after his shows and he would have cocktail. I'm sure there was alcohol at the party, even though he didn't drink, but he would have cocktail waiters walking around with like beautiful cocktail glasses filled with like milk and cereal or like Stop. something, That's you know, amazing. almost yeah. like turning it on its head yeah. and being like, no, I can still have this fabulous, lavish thing and serve beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. different food items and whatnot. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be centered around alcohol. It was, I started to feel like everything was centering around alcohol for me. Like your whole party was centered around your cocktail. Right. And like, really, what was the point of the party? Right. To be with people that like you care about and have to have fun. Right. And I think that's what alcohol does to a lot of people. It, that does become like the center. We might not yeah. know it. Right. We really might not know it, but that's what it becomes for a lot of people. And to be honest, then you get to wake up that next day from your party and you're like, oh, Prince gets to be like, wow, I had some really good cereal last right? night. Like, I feel great, you <laughs> and know? It, you know, it's with moving to a new city, it's like, yeah, the number one like thing you do to make a new friend is, oh, let's go grab a cocktail. Yeah. Let's go grab drinks. Let's dating. It's like, do you yeah, want to go grab dating, a drink? Right. Let's grab a drink. You can get coffee too, but like, yeah, yeah that's what becomes what it is. It's like, well, then what else do you do at five o'clock? Right. Right. A million things. We haven't had to I, think about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> that's something else. Some of my friends, you know, voice, it's like, well, if you're sober, like, what do you do? I'm like, anything. Absolutely anything more than what I was doing before, probably. When I think that speaks to like the other parts of your life, like that gives you more space to do all these other things. Absolutely. Even speaking of, you said like working out in fitness, it's like, okay, maybe at 530, I'm going to meet my friend and we're going to take this like yoga class together. And then we're going to like 
talk after or we're gonna go grab dinner after something rather than like i'll meet you for a cocktail right at 5 30 and then you just completely forget to take care of your body that right. day and i think you know for so many people we're very ritualistic mm-hmm. is that the word mm-hmm. you know when you want to come home after a hard day and make your cocktail or have your glass of wine and that's great and fine and works for some people but for me it was never just have one glass of wine yeah and then it turns into this whole spiral so it's Mm -hmm. like okay what else can I do that's still a ritual that's beneficial to me Mm -hmm. why don't I come home and have tea a cup of tea Mm -hmm. um, or some warm lemon water and do a meditation or Mm -hmm. read a book or yeah journal do something because that's the root really of this is that I need to start facing myself and start forcing myself to really sit with myself in the quiet Mm -hmm. and so many people are afraid to do that because you're afraid to find what you don't want to find within you you're going to be way closer to like the truth of who you are and the truth of that is we can't change like the truth of who we are that's who we are it is what it is um, there's things that we can change about ourselves, but that's not that's not one of them. And so if I'm somebody who's drinking to kind of push that away, I'm never going to actually learn how to accept and love that person right. and care for that person well. And then and who else is going to? Nobody. They're not going to know them. And, yeah. you know, even today I was talking before we started recording, I have somebody like packaged up a bunch of anxiety and like just put it in my body this yeah. morning and, and everything you're very is open making, about that yes everything was freaking me out right. everything whether it's stuff my family has said my class that i taught last night like right. work today that i freaking threw a check in the garbage can <laughs> like, all the things like everything i feel like my heart is just beating out of my chest and one way to get that to slow down would be like oh i'm just gonna like drink a bottle of wine after right. work. i'm just gonna relax and unwind but what i did is i was like okay i'm having a really sh- like i didn't sleep last night so i was like i need to get up and move my body yeah pay attention take a slower morning really write out what are the things that are freaking set your out. intention yeah and process it with somebody yeah that's going to help me understand what am i really anxious about that's going to help you in the long run whereas mm-hmm. the bottle of wine will absolutely help in that moment. moment and i've always i feel like been such a what's the quick fix here mm-hmm. what's the you know you want to get to the end result mm-hmm. so fast and it's like now kind of as i've gotten older and this past year you know Mm -hmm. it's like no I need to really slow down and Mm -hmm. take a look at some of my decision making and Mm -hmm. what I'm doing and where these emotions are coming from and address it hey guys Kat here and I have something very important to talk to you guys about now I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life but if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost I think I found the next best thing and the next best thing might just be cozy earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas It feels like you're stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. 
Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For anybody who hasn't listened to the episode that I just did on addiction, go listen to that because we really talked about, and again, what we're not saying is that like everybody's an addict. I drink. So I like, again, I'm going to say that a million (laughs) times. Like that's not what I'm saying is like nobody should drink. Right. But I was addicted to other things in my life. I will say that. Yeah. Addiction comes from this fear of not being loved this and this void, fear of not being like, not like you belong yeah so and there's a million ways we can we can manipulate our lives to to get that temporary inauthentic need met mine right. was in the form of an eating disorder and an exercise addiction and you know right. it worked until it didn't work exactly and then it was like okay it was groundhog day every day it was like i wake Absolutely. up i have to do this workout and then i have to do this other workout and i'm gonna eat the same thing i always eat and right. then i'm gonna like you know how to all the things that I did to avoid food, and then I'm gonna make sure these pants fit, and, and then you I'm burn gonna, out. Yes, man. and then it's like I go to sleep, and then I do it again. And right. I have joked before on on here, being like, there were moments in my life that I was like, I'll never eat a pop tart again. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> oh I couldn't. Gosh. It wasn't part of the ritual. Yeah, yeah. And it because if I ate a pop tart, then I wouldn't look a certain way, and then right. I wouldn't be loved, and then I wouldn't belong anywhere. And right. Then, like I wasn't loved or belo- I was loved, but I didn't belong anywhere because I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, and I also wasn't showing up as myself. I was showing up as right. this like person who really the cared shell. about like kale and all this right. stuff and like yeah i love some kale but it's not like the forefront of my brain right <laughs> and so that's just another example of like i had to realize that like yeah i was doing a lot of behaviors that maybe looked healthy to the outside eye but they right. the intention of them weren't and then right. it got to the point where it wasn't healthy and so i had to take care of that and so with alcohol a lot of the things we are doing with that might look healthy to the outside eye the whole like, idea of like mommy wine drinkers right and um, you mentioned that, like, oh, I need a glass of wine. My kid is just driving me crazy. It's like, right. okay, well, then the glass of wine turns into a half a bottle, and then the half a bottle turns right. into a bottle, and then you end up, like, passing out and all this stuff. And, okay, that's not normal. I can't tell you the amount of times, like, you mentioned this Groundhog Day feeling. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I have said, oh, I'm going to go out, and I'm only going to have one drink. Mm-hmm. 
and that never happens. And I know that in the back of my mind, I know that that. Why would you even say that to yourself? Why would I even say it to myself? So then it's like, then you're not able to trust yourself because you aren't keeping these Mm -hmm. promises to yourself. And then it's like, if you can't, you know, set goals and keep your promises to yourself, nobody else is going to trust you. If you can't even right. trust yourself and then that feeling of shame is coming in because, you know, I knew that that, you know, wasn't going to be the case. I knew I wasn't going to go out and just have one drink. So, right. Why would why would I even say that to myself? Mm-hmm. Because I was hopeful maybe that that would be the case. But that's where the addiction came in and wouldn't mm-hmm. let me just have one drink. And like AA and stuff, they'll say like one drink is never enough and it's always too many. Right. You know, right. Because it's that whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's too many because you can't just have one. Right. But why would you even want to tell yourself, I'm going to go out and have one drink? Like, why would would you do that in the first place? Because it's so normal to be able to go out and handle having a drink or two. I didn't want to feel left out or feel abnormal. You know, I didn't want and, to be the one that yeah. has this problem or like the freak or the odd man out. And that's really but sad now that you classify it as that. As like somebody who's struggling with any kind of addiction. Right. I think that I too, because in, in that, if you guys, again, ha- go listen to the whole podcast on addiction, because that's one of the issues that I think I have. And I used to think that way too. And still right. until I started working and actually getting to know like what this actually is, is a disease that actually mm-hmm. is like, it's not about somebody being a bad person. Right. That keeps people from getting help because... Because yes. it's like, and almost like embarrassing or something. Right. It's shameful. Right. When like everybody's addicted. Everybody to something. is something. Yeah. It, probably. Yeah. I mean, I probably shouldn't <laughs> say everybody, but. Most people have their vice. Yeah. But it's like, well, there's the part that's like, I'm, I'm going to be thought of differently if I'm honest about what really I'm struggling with. Right. But also there's the other addict side that's like, well, people don't already like you. You're already not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that there's such a point of growth for you in deciding that I'm going to take that risk of people judging me for doing this thing. Right. Because I am learning that the the core of me is good. I might not fully be there. Right. But I am learning that the core of me is good. And so they might say these things or they might think these things about me or I might not fit into society. Right. But I will one day be able to settle into the fact that that's not really that doesn't right. matter they use the word powerless in aa and i i had a friend that was like oh maybe you should go and try some meetings and that's not really my mo mm-hmm. right now because i know aa is all about like we 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 and i feel like i've already been all about that is mm-hmm. like i I'm trying to get out of the we Mm -hmm. and trying to focus on the me of what I need for myself. Um, But I know AA says, you know, you're powerless over alcohol. And I don't know how much that resonates with me because for me, like I started drinking because I was feeling hopeless, because I was feeling powerless. So then for me to stop drinking, I don't want to think that I'm still powerless over that. You know, for me, I'm looking at it as a, I'm trying to be powerful Mm-hmm. over this substance. Yes, if I slip up tomorrow and I, you know, go down that rabbit hole, am I in that moment powerless? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to get to the point where I am powerful well, over you're this. Pa- the thing is that when alcohol is in your life, you don't have any power because alcohol right. has the power. And now that you're outside of that, 
you have the power back in your life right because you have removed something that actually steals something from you right and right. that that's a huge deal because if i'm coming from this place of like, like any toxic relationship yeah. mm-hmm. yes you know yeah in that relationship you feel like crap and that you can't do anything right or everything's about the other person or whatever ever right and then once you stand outside of that it's like oh wait i'm badass yeah like i'm pretty cool and people like love me right but you have to take those like rose colored glasses off essentially absolutely and like be honest with the fact that like my life might be okay for the people out looking at me from the outside right but it's not okay for me exactly i am what i hear you saying is my opinion of myself is the most important one finally right finally and i might not fully like it yet but we're gonna work on it right (laughs) exactly and i don't know why that's such a difficult thing for i feel like especially women yeah to like the idea of being proud of myself I don't know why that wasn't more ingrained in me. It's I've always I'm always waiting for somebody else to be proud of me. I hear so much in this office. I can't say that. I can't think that. Isn't right. that a little stuck up? And right. I'm like, yeah. Maybe you should be a little bit more stuck up. Right. Like maybe you should be. Like it's like we can't love ourselves. It it feels like without it feeling egotistical mm-hmm. or like that's oh I, I would never say something about myself. Why? Why is it okay for somebody else to think you're beautiful, but you can't think that? Right. That is the most fucked up thing I think I've ever heard in in this room. I've heard a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that is bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. So, and I always say to everybody, your opinion of who you are is the most important one that you will ever, ever have. And once you actually have a kind opinion of yourself, the other people around you won't matter as much because you won't be co-signing on their negative beliefs about you. Right. So when we're in this like dark place of like, I'm not good, we're just going to stay with that. I'm not good enough. Every time somebody has any inclination of that towards you, you're like, check. Yep. Right. See, I told you so. But when we have this opinion of like, I'm a badass and I'm strong and I'm powerful. When somebody says something about you, it's like, you know, you can brush I don't it think off. that it rolls off. It never right. feels good to right. have somebody say something mean, but it's like, well, that's not true. Right. And like, I, that's really sad that you think that about me, but that's not true. Right. And that goes to everything. It goes to body, the body image Absolutely. stuff is some of the hardest because a lot of times people are like, I don't want to do body image work because that just means I'm going to end up having to accept a body mm. that I actually hate. And it's mm. like, well, you, when you, ex- you don't think that when you accept when it. You accept it. <laughs> when you accept it, it doesn't feel that way. You might right. have days where you're like, ugh. This is, feels gross today, but like you actually won't feel that way. Right. It's never going to feel good if somebody says like, oh, I think that your body's this in a negative light or mm-hmm. I don't think you're attractive or beautiful or whatever. It's never going to be like, thank you for saying that. Right. But it's not going to hit the same way of like, yeah, I think that too. And now Absolutely. you just like, now I'm co- we're co-signing on this paper together that says I'm a horrible person. Right. I've been a performer my whole life. I come from an acting background my entire life and I think that really formed sort of this idea mm-hmm. that other people's critiques and other people's opinions oh, yeah. should, you know, take first place because I'm not the one that's going to give myself a job. It matters what the person on the other side so of the table did matter. thinks, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, I've had to learn to rethink that mm-hmm. and not adopt that in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Something that I explain to clients a lot of times when they're relearning that kind of stuff, because that was a way of life for you. That's how right. you survived and that's how you got your needs met and that's how you got jobs. That's like how you lived. Right. Is you literally, there are like neuro pathways in your brain that think that way. Those opinions are more important. Right. I have to please other people to actually 
do what I do well, I have to make sure that I'm pleasing other people. Right. That is a, in your brain, that is a river that is very deep and yeah. how rivers get really strong is like the water runs down them for right. long periods of time. So that's in there. Well, you're creating a whole nother river in your brain. And so you have to run that, that opposite thought yeah. down your brain a million trillion times until something forms. The cool thing is when we stop giving attention to old pathways, mm -hmm. they actually just go away. Right. So we just have to give attention to the other side. The hard thing is it's harder to right. think the opposite than what we know. Absolutely. Because we go with what we know. But the cool thing is we can change that. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, I'm always going to be this way. No, you're not. No. You don't have yeah. to. It's right. hard. Right. You don't have to be that way. I'm trying to learn, you know, I've talked to my boyfriend a lot about love languages and I've mm -hmm. always said, you know, my number one lo love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly like asking of that from him. But I'm like, why am I not giving my own self words of affirmation then? Because maybe that's where my need to hear it from him or other people comes from is that I'm not giving it enough to myself. Why do you think you don't give it to yourself? Or I, haven't you? I think... I haven't in the past because I haven't been happy with where I've been at or I haven't really been facing my truest form of self mm. or living as my truest form of self as I'm, I guess, now trying to do. You don't know that person very well. Yeah. And so how do I affirm somebody? I don't or I'm really... scared to let that person show. And if I affirm somebody that I'm like afraid of or I don't think is it's like oh, well, I don't want that to become the truth of me mm -hmm. if I think if I think I'm not good enough I don't want to affirm that person because I don't want that person to become the truth of me right and that's what I'm talking about with like the that whole body image metaphor is like you won't think that right you won't think that yeah I don't know if this is a metaphor or analogy I never know the difference between this <laughs> that yeah. I always use is like imagine your favorite kind of sandwich was like a peanut butter sandwich and you sit next to somebody at, at lunch say you're in like I don't know high school and you're at in the cafeteria and you pull out yeah. your sandwich and you're like oh yes my mom packed me a peanut butter sandwich yeah. if you were lucky and your mom packed your lunch for you right. in high school mine did not my mom always um, did she'd write me little very notes. lucky um <laughs> and you pull out your peanut butter sandwich you're like yes it's amazing and the girl next to you is like ew I hate peanut butter are you gonna be like oh me too oh <laughs> like you know what I mean like right. you wouldn't do that you'd be like really i love it right and but we do that with our bodies we do that with our personalities mm. we do that with our jobs we do that all day long absolutely but like what it actually doesn't make sense for somebody yeah. just to be like oh i don't like peanut butter oh me neither i changed my mind right that's crazy you're yeah. still gonna eat your peanut butter sandwich and you're gonna right. go on with your day and you're gonna be and satisfied like and you're happy. just doing that to i don't know fit in with the other person to what's a fear please. i think it's a fear of like when we're not confident and there's not a self-assuredness so it's like yeah. oh like i'm not am i am i wrong do i even know what i like right how kind of what you're talking about is we grow up that way and like i can't affirm myself i have to wait to other people to do it right so it teaches us that we're not really sure like we don't really know and so that's why you do need your boyfriend to affirm you probably right right because it's like i'm not really sure so i feed yeah. off of that yeah from other people it's always gonna feel good to get that but you're of not course. gonna it's not gonna be like the like fuel that your body runs off right of. we kind of touched on this before but this is like by no means telling other people to not drink i kind of view it as you know if i decide to go vegan and you want to eat a steak in front of me by all means you know this is just my personal choice and that's something that i'm feeling really powerful in that it feels like sort of for the first time i'm making decisions for myself and not to please the people around me and that should be in every aspect yeah. of your life i 
think that's a really good thing to know, especially at the end of this, because this is a call for people to look at, like you said, every aspect of your life. This right. doesn't just have to be about drinking. I do think that's a big issue just in our culture. Right. But what areas of your life are you leaning into or leaning out of because you're trying to please the people around you mm-hmm. or you're trying to get affirmation in an area that you think you're lacking in because with that example what if somebody goes vegan and i'm like oh i have to be vegan now like it's right. like you, none <laughs> right. of us have to do the things that other people we all right. are we are so different and like let's let that continue to be a good thing that is Absolutely. celebrated i say this in my cycling class all the time of like we all look differently when we're doing this and like mm-hmm. that's the point right is that we're not supposed to look like a perfect little army of people that are doing everything exactly perfectly and our bodies look the same and our facial right. expressions like it, there's beauty in the fact that we can be all going towards the same goal of like living a fulfilling life living and a it fulfilling looks a little life. different absolutely everybody's and journey yeah. should look a little different you can have a fulfilling life without al- alcohol and somebody can have a fulfilling life with alcohol 100 yeah and so really it all comes down to intentionality and like really ne- leaning into you and being okay with yourself outside of what everybody else in the world yep. is doing yeah and if there's anything I can ask of the people listening, is just really widen this conversation out and look at your day and, and really question, like, am I doing the things I do in my day? Am I doing or it not for doing me things? or am I doing it for someone else or the affirmation of somebody mm-hmm. else so I can feel good for about me? Mm-hmm. Nothing's black and white, really. Well, some things are, but like <laughs> in this area, like it's a very, this is a whole gray topic we're talking about. It's very For messy. Sure. And so there are going to be times when like we have to put aside like what we need at the moment. It, we can't always just a hundred percent just think like I'm have to be first and have to put my needs first every single right. hour of the day. The majority of the time we really need to do that. But really thinking of like the behaviors that are the forefront of my life, mm-hmm. are they in place or in line for myself? Or to meet the standards or expectations or to not be judged or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I could keep saying the same thing in 20 different ways. (laughs) Right. But I think I I I kind of nailed um, the point. So thank you for having this conversation Yay, yeah thank you thank for you. um and this was actually savannah's idea she yeah. like texted me because <laughs> it's something yeah. it's hard to talk about but it's also very easy to talk about once you start talking about it um yeah. i think Which that's that the, is i mean that's a great point to make right it's like now that it's sort of like out in the open you know it doesn't feel like this big dark secret that i'm mm-hmm. holding on to anymore it's very well that's because shame feeds off of silence and right. secrecy right and once that you kind of get that like you said out in the open like shame can't live there yeah it just can't survive off of off of like actually being spoken about right so yeah there's another part if like there's something that's really getting at you like talk to some a safe person about mm-hmm. it and then you'll see that like if they're a safe good healthy person for you to be in a relationship with this should be a fruitful conversation absolutely so thank you for being here and thank you guys for listening if you have any questions about anything we talked about you can send those to me at katherine at you need therapy podcast dot com um and maybe we can answer some of them on the couch talks this week or next week other than that i hope that you guys have a wonderful whatever day you're listening to this on <laughs> again i always think it's monday but it's, it might not be <laughs> and i will see you guys um for couch talks this week on wednesday yay
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.